Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. So today is the second Sunday of Advent. If you were with us last Sunday, you know that we had a guest speaker. I had the privilege of sharing the platform with longtime colleague and friend, Reverend Dr. Steve Albert. And together we lit the first Advent candle, candle that represents the idea of hope. And the second candle was lit this morning for the second Sunday in Advent. And usually the second Sunday in Advent is about the idea of peace. So moving from hope into the experience of, of peace. And I think we can look at peace in many different ways. I think we can look at peace in terms of peace of mind, right? Peace of mind, the absence of inner conflict, inner turmoil, or peace with each other, the absence of friction, the absence of difficulty in relationship, peace in our relationships, the absence of friction. And of course, we think about peace on earth, the absence of violence and the absence of, of war. But what is it that's beneath all of that? And how do we help cultivate and, and, and expand the idea of peace within us and all around us. And I think some of it has to do with how we handle adversity, how we overcome the challenges in our lives. Like the song and the story of the song that we were just blessed with, the little boy saying, you know, chemotherapy feels like an earthquake. And Carl asking him, well, what do you do? And he says, reach for the sky, right? So how do we be in those times in, in our lives personally and collectively when it feels like the whole ground is shaking beneath us? How do we deal with that? How do we hold the sky? Though unity is grounded or has its roots in Christianity and pulls from the Bible, unity also pulls from all the world's spiritual teachings and religions, but we are rooted in a Judeo-Christian background. And when we turn to our own scriptures, we find that within them are so many sources of inspiration and, and promise of how to make it through tough times in our lives. And I want to read three of them to you today. First is out of the book of Joshua, the first chapter, the ninth verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for God is with you wherever you go. Be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid. In other words, there's something in each of us, whether we call it God or the universe or the force, there's something in us that is strong and powerful and will help us to meet whatever it is that we need to meet and overcome. Or in the book of James, consider it pure joy. Now this is a stretch. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I think for many of us, it's like, just let me deal with it. I'm not sure I can muster up the joy. 
That's a pretty high bar. But the invitation is, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Again, the idea that, that these challenges that we experience in our lives individually and collectively can also be gifts that build in us perseverance and deepen our faith. Or in the book of Revelation, those who overcome shall inherit all things. Sounds pretty good to me. How about to you? Those who overcome shall inher inherit all things. If you look back in your own life at some of the big, difficult things that you've made it through, and obviously you've made it through them because you're here, right? The very fact that you made it through, there was, there was something there that, that you got from that. The idea of inherit all things. You're not the same person. You're a better person, a stronger person, a wiser person, a more resilient person, a more capable person from the very thing that you had to overcome. These promises talk about being mature and complete, not lacking in anything, inheriting all things. One of the things that I remember when I was in ministerial school is there was a certain naivety that I think we all had and we were all different ages. I was the youngest in, my, in the unity movement to have been ordained. But um, nonetheless, we all kind of went in, regardless of our age, with a certain naivety that, wow, if we really get these teachings and we really apply them, stuff isn't going to happen in our lives anymore. We're just going to have a really easy, easy life. Stuff's just not going to happen. Boy, were we wrong. Boy, were we wrong. And that's not a reflection on the teachings or the practices. The teachings and the practices don't keep stuff from happening. What the teachings and practices do is help us to be equipped to stay the course when stuff does happen. Amen, right? To stay the course when stuff does happen and to stay the course in a way that we are calmer and stronger and more capable, I think, than the average person who isn't using or isn't aware of these principles and practices and teachings. Life throws stuff at spiritual people. Life throws stuff at spiritual, spiritual people lose their jobs. Spiritual people have kids that they can't reach sometimes. Spiritual people have others in their life that are sandpaper to their soul. Spiritual people have people that sometimes will betray them. Life throws us challenges. We can experience that earthquake beneath our feet. But that earthquake isn't all there is. The sky, right? The infinite field of possibility is always present, is always present. And the reward for overcoming is that we inherit all things. And I don't think that the scripture means physical things. Sometimes maybe we inherit physical things, but it means we inherit the ability to live a more purposeful life. We inherit the ability to navigate through life with strength 
and with perseverance and with courage. I think unity people are different. Sometimes unity people are kind of weird. Don't you think we are? I, I think some people, others might think that we are. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Unity people are different. We don't resist adversity by fighting and flailing at it. We don't resent adversity by taking it personally and inwardly and getting angry and defensive. We don't rest in adversity waiting for someone or something else to rescue us. And we don't retreat from adversity by running away from it. We lean into it. We lean into it. We lean into it. We overcome adversity by leaning in, not by pulling away, not by resting, waiting for someone to rescue us, not by resenting it, not by resisting it, but by leaning in and digging into our own faith. Unity minister Ernest Wilson wrote these words about this. Whatever the nature of the problems we have to meet and overcome, they have this in common. They follow us as we flee them. They stop as we stop running. And they recede as we advance on them. He was writing to the idea of leaning into it. Papa Charlie, Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of the Unity Movement, said every adverse situation can be used as a spur to urge you on to greater exertion and the ultimate attainment of some ideal that has lain dormant in your subconscious. Some idea that has lain dormant in your subconscious. Some idea of potential. Every adversity has the opportunity to crack us open to something that maybe we were too afraid to look at, some possibility within us. Do you believe that's true for you? I hope you do. I believe it's true for you. I believe it's true for all of us. I have five observations that I want to share with you about adversity. Number one, growth is always marked by adversity. If you think about when and where and how you have grown in your life personally, you will find that it is rooted in some adversity, some difficulty that you had to meet and overcome. Second, you can draw great dividends from your deep great dividends from your deepest difficulties. Whatever it is that you are facing that is so very difficult right now, do not let go of it until it brings you a dividend. Jacob in the Old Testament said of the angel, I will not let you go until you bless me. My commitment after many years of being in this teaching has been, if I'm in a problem, if I'm in a difficult situation, by golly, I'm going to eke out every learning from that that I possibly can. And I'll do my best to try to share what those learnings are with those who want to hear. Because quite frankly, I think there's great value in us learning from each other. I don't have time to make all the problems, to, to experience all the problems in life. But I can learn from your 
experiencing problems I haven't had and learn from you so I don't repeat them. And likewise, the same with you. You can learn from me, hopefully. Third idea, bad times become good times when we know what to do with them. That deserves an amen. Bad times become good times when we know what to do with them. Yeah. I always think about the stock market, when it go, which it's been doing some not so happy things of late. Have you noticed if you've got any mutual funds and stuff? But if you're still investing in them, it's like, but now you're buying it on sale. Who doesn't like a sale? Right? Right? And I'm not trying to make light. And in a way, I am trying to make light. It's a way, like the opening song that Carl shared with us, of open my eyes. A spiritual person, is, com I believe, is committed to keeping their hearts open, their minds open, and their eyes open. Open to seeing in ways that maybe others don't see. Open to seeing and not being fooled or dismayed by appearances or temporary setbacks or temporary situations or circumstances that can, in fact, be transcended and overcome. Fourth, time as a way of proving that what looks like a setback is really just good fortune in disguise. One of my personal greatest challenges has been just God's timing and my timing don't always match up. And God's timing sometimes seems to be a little too slow. But one of the greatest areas of growth I've tried to put myself into is being in relationship with that thing called the timing of God, the timing of life, with a little greater ease and a much greater sense of trust that as long as I am doing what I know to do, as long as I am using the teachings and practicing, that I have every right to trust that in time, maybe not in my time, my preferred time, but that in time it will unfold with the highest and best good for all concerned. And the last is the idea that no problem leaves us where it found us. No problem leaves us where it found us. Every problem can leave us either bitter or better as the saying goes. And I think I'm speaking to a room of people and a viewing audience that are people who are committed to a problem leaving them not bitter but a problem leaving them better. You may not have ever looked at it this way, but I think that adversity can, comes with gifts. I think that in adversity we can be made smooth by adverse situations in our life, by the rough and tumble of life, kind of smoothing out some of our rough edges You've probably heard of a place called Pebble Beach. You may or may not be aware that part of the reason for its name is that in Pebble Beach, there are some beautiful, beautiful pebbles, beautiful stones. But they're made beautiful because of the pounding, the relentless pounding of the waves against these rocks to make them smooth and beautiful. And people want to collect them. 
Not too far from Pebble Beach is an area of the beach where that doesn't have the constant pounding of the waves in the same relentless way. And those rocks are not the rocks anybody seems to want. Adversity can help to smooth our rough edges. Adversity can help us to be made more solid, more secure. If we wanted to make a beautiful violin, a violin that could be played and from it the most beautiful sounds emerge, we wouldn't pick trees around here in San Diego. We would have to pick trees high atop the Rocky Mountains, near and above 12,000 feet, where the trees are subjected to such harsh weather conditions that they barely stand up straight from the wind and the gales and are almost leaning parallel to the earth. And yet they live. And in that adversity, they are made, the wood is so strong, the only way the trees can survive is by that inner strength that's been developed over eons of living in that, or growing in that set of circumstances. But that's the wood that you'd pick if you wanted to make a violin where the music was beautiful. An adverse situation, if you will, not like the beautiful palm trees in Hawaii, right? You wouldn't get a very nice sounding violin out of anything like that. And we can be made clear and focused in adversity. Think about maybe one of the most adverse situations in your life. In order to make it through, you probably did have to become pretty darn clear and pretty darn focused. If you've ever watched or learned how pottery is made. It is not until a vase takes the fire that the image ceases to be blurry and becomes sharp and focused and beautiful, something we want because it has taken the fire. And I think all of these are beautiful metaphors for us. And if we could but frame the way we look at the difficulties that we experience personally with a frame that looks like what I've painted for you, then we will find that we emerge from those difficulties truly transformed. And it is my deeply held belief that what is true of us as individuals is true of us as a collective as well. And if we can stay or, or move into a collective mindset that's a little bit more like this, then we can emerge as a humanity that is a much better, much more loving, much more inclusive, much more just, much more kind humanity. We need it, don't we? We need it. We're living in some tough times. Another school shooting. We are living in tough times. But these are the times, both individually and collectively, that we must lean into and upon the very teachings that are, the that are at the heart of our unity movement. And I hope that you'll join me in that, that you will take hold of the promise of overcoming and take even just one idea that I shared with you this morning 
and really work it into the fabric of your life so that you feel stronger, your faith is deepened, and your resolve is made stronger. Namaste.